Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show, presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Chris Hernan joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, 99 and a half, Just Won't Do, a 1966 hit by Wilson Pickett, um, in honor of all the websites out there doing their top 100 NBA player lists of late. All right, I may get to that a little today. I may parse some of it out over the rest of the week. But uh, first, I have a couple of non-basketball questions to ask you. One is, uh, in the midst of all this Buffalo talk last night on social media, uh, John Roser, his hot take was, Memphis has better wings than it does barbecue. Discuss. Um, the best wings in Memphis are at barbecue restaurants. That's the re- that's the real sort of secret to the whole thing, is that the best wings are at uh, Cozy Corner and Central Barbecue. Um, and so, like you know, bring them bring them together. Like the, the essential Memphis plate may be the two ribs, two wings combo at Cozy Corner. Um, you know, I think I think that's become a popular thing, like to say, right. and there may be some truth to it. I do think Memphis barbecue, as good as it is has gotten a little stagnant. Like, there's not a lot of new. I mean, you know, Bane Barbecue, which is like Texas-style, is sort of a new thing. But not a lot of new, either in terms of new places of real note or sort of people really, like, doing new kind of stuff that would, you know, different from what just has always been done, which is not to say I don't love some 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 barbecue shop and paints in Cozy Corner. Um, I, I think there's more sort of new energy around wings in Memphis than barbecue, but I think we're we're very rich in both areas. And again, my my hot take on that subject is that the best wings are at barbecue restaurants. How does one, in the end, like barbecue? What would new look like? You know, I mean, obviously the beef barbecue, the the Baines is definitely new, but in the end, we're talking ribs. 
We're talking a pork sandwich. We're talking a pork plate, right? I mean, isn't that the, your basic Memphis barbecue? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, of, of presentation, in terms of a certain, you know, consistency right. and quality, in terms of, like, if you look, like, two pitmasters have won James Beard Awards, like Chef of the Year okay. kind of awards. And Ever? that's Rodney Scott. Okay. Ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's uh, Rodney Scott and Charleston and Aaron Franklin and Austin. Like, you don't see anyone in Memphis sort of trying to get in that kind of conversation in terms of the wider food world and sort of, you know, I, you got to be careful talking about this kind of stuff because, I mean, you no, know, it's debatable it's or whatever. Yeah, but, uh-huh. yeah. but, but in terms of, like, sort of elevating Memphis barbecue in terms of a broader sort of food culture kind of way, modern food culture kind of way, Memphis is sort of not as part, you know, Memphis has not, like, put its put it. But right. no one from Memphis has put sort of a stake in the ground in terms of like, like I am the Rodney Scott, I am the Aaron Franklin, or whatever of Memphis barbecue. Put a rib in the ground. What? What? what right. By the way, what are, have you been to the places of Rodney? What are their names? Have you been to either of those places? And do you know what they been, do that may, that elevates them? I've been to Rodney Scott's in Charleston. I haven't been to the original, which is in a smaller town in uh-huh. South Carolina. I've not been to Aaron Franklin. I've been to other Texas places. I mean, Texas barbecue is just a different kind of thing. Um, and to be a little bit more event oriented in terms of barbecue, I, I, I think I don't know. It's sort of it's sort of hard. It's sort of hard to describe. But but I, I think the, the Rodney Scott stuff in terms of presentation and like like how you it's a little bit more. You you've been to Bain in terms yeah. of the way things are, are you know on the tray and, and yeah, you get a whole tray of food. It's yeah, really kind of magnificent and shareable yeah. and all that kind of thing. That's a little bit more of the style. Um, but you know, I, I think Memphis barbecue is great. But I think we can we sort of reflexively say it's the best or whatever right. without actually comparing it to other places. Um, but whatever, we have great barbecue. We have great wings. Uh, you know, uh, on, on the on the on the the wing, your, your and and it actually does make sense that that wings and barbecue do not have to be separate categories, and you like them as a single category. The wings at Cozy Corner. And the wings at Central are your two favorite wings. What are those wings like? I think so. Um, not that I there are other like you know yeah. wing guru and um, new wing order and you know right. I, I'm I'm you know you give me some wings I'm gonna eat I'll some eat wings. Them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so the Central you can get different style at Central. I like the dry the dry rub um, dry spice wings at Central. A lot of people prefer the jerk. But Central, you know, Central, they're smoked. The thing about both of them is that they're smoked. And so you have the smoky flavor in the meat. It's not just about the sauce. Now, at Central, they'll smoke them, and then they also, I think, they fry them, and you get that crispness. You don't get the crispness at, at, at Cozy Corner. I think they're purely, like, smoked, just like all the other barbecue is smoked, and then they get, like, their good hot barbecue sauce. So they're not hot wings. They're a different category. of. Uh, they're not, like, the hot wing style. Right. They're barbecue style. But I, I think they're both really good, and I think smoking the chicken – before you start adding sauces or whatever to it, to be the chicken itself is better. Uh, all right. That's uh, subject one, non-basketball. Subject two is uh, Adnan Saeed has been released. He, of course, is the uh, fellow who was jailed for murder. Um, and now the Baltimore police have basically, the Baltimore DA has said, yeah, and are, are bad. And, uh, and, of course, he was the subject of the, wildly popular serial podcast which sort of kicked off or the the or became the first widely listened to true crime podcast it felt like did you listen to serial 
No, I'm aware. Of, I'm aware of its, if it's of its existence in the culture, and that's right. the whole thing. But serialized podcast is not really my kind of. You podcast don't do that. Listening. It's interesting. You don't my do kind true of pod- crime. Yeah. No, my kind of podcast is like just people like talking about subjects I'm interested in, which is right. plenty of different things. But it's not like the crafted, scripted, serialized podcast is not a thing I've ever really gotten into. Yeah. I like them because I like them on long drives. So then they carry me through long drives because I don't have to decide. It doesn't start me start fresh. But anyway, it's it's a it, the, the case itself is of course fascinating. And as we people in Memphis are railing about uh, sentences aren't long enough and everything else, uh, you also see there's a whole other side of this, which is yeah, prosecutorial misconduct and uh, lots of issues. At play in our, our, our criminal justice system. I, I, I really just was interested. I, I didn't know if you were a aficionado of the, uh, of the serialized ones. Moving on. Uh, Jay Crowder. Uh, is uh, you, there, you, Over on your Twitter feed, you have a deal involving Jay Crowder ending up back at the Grizzlies. This was sparked by Brian Windhorst's latest reporting. Uh, what, uh, what's the rumor and what are your thoughts? Uh, well, what Windhorst, basically all he said, and they were sort of separate, but the implication was related. He said that, that Phoenix was, was, was shopping um, Crowder. And to me, what's key about that is, like, what are they, what are they wanting to get out of that, right? And, and what he, he, it wasn't like we're blowing it up or we want to we we save money. His implication was uh, they're willing to take on more money and they're trying to find, you know, they're trying to, to, to elevate themselves in the short term. He mentioned that they were interested in one of many teams who talked to Utah about Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, and so, like, I just think it out loud, and that's really all it is. So sometimes, I mean, I love the NBA, and I love thinking about transactional stuff. I worry sometimes when you say things publicly or put things out, it's misconstrued. Like, this is not this is not a rumor. It's not a report. It's not even a suggestion. I'm not even sure I would do this. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just sort of thinking out loud. You know, I, I, I think about this stuff all the time. Like, you know, what would make sense? Was something that might could happen? Blah, blah, blah. And so, like, if Phoenix, from a Grizzlies perspective, if Phoenix is not looking to move Crowder, like, just for picks or to save money or whatever, there's really not a deal to me between the Grizzlies and the Suns. But... If there's if they're talking to Utah, I think Utah has no need for Jay Crowder at this point because they're trying to blow it up. So, so is there a way to, to get involved in that? And I could see a three team scenario pretty easily if all the teams are interested. And I don't know that they are, but in theory, I could see a three team scenario that would you know have have Jay Crowder ended up back in Memphis. Uh, and this involved uh, who? What was your Xavier Tillman? Right, was going away. Yeah, I mean Tillman's the secondary because Danny Green is how you make the Danny contract Green, match, right. and, and then and then the question is what a value needs to be in it, and that could be a, a young player like a Tillman or a Tilly or somebody like that. It could be second round picks. It could be combination. I mean, I think someone like Jay Crowder would actually help the Grizzlies a lot in the sh- in the short term when Jaron Jackson Jr. is out. It would give them sort of a safety net because right now they're really depending on at least one of Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, or Santi Aldama to be good, and none of them have ever been good in the NBA before, so you just don't know. Um, and then uh, and then at the back end, I mean, it would you would lose that expiring contract to Danny Green, but you get another one of Jake Crowder. So it's still like a tradable contract later in the season. I think that would that could make a lot of sense for the Grizzlies. I just don't know how where they are in terms of their level of confidence in, in these younger players, and maybe they don't want to do, maybe they want to take the opportunity to force feed those guys minutes early on. I don't know. 
That has been their pattern. It is an interesting thing. I mean, and I, we were talking about this yesterday with the Lindys. The, the idea that the Grizzlies were as, um, as, as patient in terms of their, uh, of, of, of adding uh, immediate um, factors to their rotation is really pretty striking. And it would have been striking even if Jaron Jackson Jr. had been healthy. It's kind of even more striking now. And, yeah, I can absolutely see the value of a Jay Crowder. So you said you didn't know whether they would be interested in doing this, and obviously we don't know that. All things being considered, would you make the – and people can look at the exact specifics of the deal by – again, it's just a deal Chris threw out there. Would you, all things considered, be in favor of making such a deal? I think I probably would in the sense that I think Crowder, like, is actually a pretty good fit. He's a better – he's not as good – Probably as as Brandon Clark, um, but he fits. I mean, he he makes sense as a power forward in a starting lineup in between Dylan Brooks and and Stephen Adams in a way that Clark doesn't really. And I just I think those you know the younger guys. I I think if you're trying to be a top four team in the West this year, at, you know, or better, I and you do, you're not sure how long Jaron's going to be out. I think having Crowder as a as a safety net, and and frankly, like if if, if these if the kids are ready, you could play them ahead of Jay Crowder, or whatever. Um, but you would have that as sort of a safety net at power forward until until Jaron got back. He's someone who who can play the three, can play the four, can defend, can stretch the floor a little bit. We already already know he's a good locker room guy. Presumably, you know, you if if he's not, then you have the information because you had him on your team under this coach. Um, so if you feel good about him, as your lock, as a locker room guy. And then the point I made a minute ago, he's still an expiring contract that will be eligible to be traded again at the deadline. And so you, you haven't lost trade flexibility in terms of a $10 million expiring contract because you just trade one for another. So I think, you know, as long as I'm not having to give up a first-round pick, which I would not do, um, I would be interested in that, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting you said that uh, Brandon Clark is better. Uh, because, and I won't do all of this, but uh, I'm looking at ESPN's top 100 now. And we'll start with the one who just squeaked in, Brandon Clark at 94, um, 94th best player in the world. Clark, who has a 40.5-inch vertical in good hands, has emerged as one of the league's most efficient but explosive pick-and-roll finishers. He averaged 1.41 points possession as a role man last season, ranking third out of 45 players with at least 100 opportunities. What do you think about Brandon Clark coming in at 94 between, let's see, who's in there? Uh, Keegan Murray and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, Keegan Murray at 94. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. It's interesting to me. He's two spots behind Christian Wood, who is a rough, roughly similar kind of player in terms of a energetic, athletic sort of combo big. Um, Christian Woods put up a lot better stats than Brandon Clark, but Brandon Clark's been a part of winning teams, which Christian Woods never been a part of. Uh, even then, I'm a little surprised they're as close together. Um, you know, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark was not as good of an NBA player last season as Stephen Adams, um, but this is not about last season; it's about projecting into the coming season. And so, you know, I mean, that, to me, there are, there are a lot of players on this list who were not as good as Stephen Adams last season. And Brandon Clark's not. You know, not even the first. There are players well ahead of Brandon Clark who were not as good as Stephen Adams last year. Um, Stephen Adams not on the list. I don't know if I would have Brandon Clark as a top 100 player um, just because he's not a starter and I don't really see him as a starter. 
Um, but I think he's certainly in that, you know, he's certainly enough on the borderline range that, that I think it's defensible. But I do think it's sort of surprising that they actually have him higher than I. I have not made one of these lists, so I don't know, but I'm guessing I would probably have him slightly lower than that. Um, it's interesting you say that about Steven Adams because, like, this isn't like the future watch for the next five years. This is what, and so Going into the season, I actually yeah. think it's probably not just. I mean, it, I think it's just dis, I think it's disrespect, not disrespect in some sort of I'm angry about it. But maybe there is a lack of appreciation for how good Stephen Adams was last year. Do you think that's yeah, also I mean, part of guy, it? Yes. I mean. Yeah, to say Brandon Clark aside, the guy I point to is Karis LeVert, who's I don't know where he's on this list in the seventies or something. He's like yeah. he shouldn't be on it at all. But but he's on it like and I he probably this is a guard who started last season in Indiana, got traded to Cleveland, and, and Cleveland gave up gave a first round pick for him to be their two guard and, and loved him so much they went out and <clears throat> gave up three more first round picks to replace him with Donovan Mitchell. Um Karis LeVert probably had a scoring average that was at least three times probably roughly three times Steven Adams. He was nowhere close to as good of a basketball player as Steven Adams was last season. And I think I think it, it, it's a it's a it, it's it's a you know, it's I think too swayed by still frankly scoring averages and the idea of positions and you know, if you're if you're a true center or average seven points a game, you can't be that good kind of thing. Where I don't think that was the case last season for Steven Adams. Um, and then in terms of other players who aren't on this list, Grizzlies who are not on this list, um, I guess most likely to someday be a top hundred player, Zaire Williams. Like who do we, who we, who we, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really, Steven Adams is the only player I think you could, I mean, there may be some people out there who would say, you know, Tyus Jones, given their record with him as a starter, but I think the the only one to me, the next in line on the team right now is Steven Adams in terms of who, because they're going to have five players on the list. Um, I think Zaire projecting forward. I think clearly, clearly to me, Zaire has the trajectory of a player who will be on these lists if he develops in the way that they think he will develop, that I think he will develop. Um, you know, even if he never becomes like an all-star level player, you look at this list, you see your OJN and OBs and those kind of players. I think he has the ability to be that kind of player, um, to be, and not even he has the upside to be even better than this. But I think even like a a reasonably sort of above mid level, but not peak sort of trajectory for him would put him in the the back half of a top one hundred. Sure. I don't think there's anyone else on the roster who you would safely predict or project as a top 100 player. I'm not saying there won't be some, and if you take the, the no. whole pool, there might be some. I might I might say, will there be one? I might say, sure, I'll take one. But there's no particular player who you would project as a top 100 player besides no, you're talking that. you right? rookies taking like, outside the lottery. And right. So, like, yeah, no. Yeah. That's it. All right, we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the other four and the rest of the list tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.